0: Live from the Sixth and Peabody Studio and across the Outkick Network. This is Outkick 360 with Jonathan
1: Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gate, ready to go. Outkick 360 is live across the Outkick Network at Sixth and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. The entire crew is here as we broadcast live outside in the beer garden where. We have plenty of NFL draft reaction. Bobby Carpenter from OutKick.com joins us in an hour and a half. Plus, we have Tennessee head coach Josh Heupel and basketball coach Rick Barnes on today's show coming up in the final hour starting at 5 o'clock Eastern. Gentlemen, a lot to get to from last night's draft, which was crazy. We mentioned there wasn't a ton of hype going into it because of the non-quarterbacks. That did not keep the trades from happening, including a massive one here. We're about to run through the first round.
2: What's up? Speaking of here and craziness, how about the scene at 6 and Peabody today behind us? Great crowd on hand, great weather. And the story of the NFL draft was right here in Nashville, Tennessee, with the trade of A.J. Brown. Not even a close second. It shocked everyone. There's a great montage of all the different live streams that were taking place for different teams and all the radio broadcasts of team networks and all of their reactions when the Titans traded AJ Brown. Two funny reactions last night. The Titans trade of AJ Brown and the shock <laughs> from everyone and the shock of the Patriots drafting Cole Strange <laughs> from Chattanooga <laughs> in with the first you. round. Those are the two that that got the biggest responses from last night's draft, but Paul, you were there at Titan Central last night covering the draft. What was that like? What a what a shock it was. Well, The press room goes from expecting uh, not much and maybe a trade
0: out of 26 with a story just about gathering picks uh, to that. Um, Robinson and Vrabel both looked, you know, uh, this was clearly in the works for longer than they said. Um, The Eagles had a a contract, you know, ready to go and, and, and things happened. But they both looked somewhat taken aback. Um, you know, and I, I think coming to terms with the fact that the, that they had had to let, in their mind, had to let one of their best players go, um, not a great day for the Tennessee Titans, I, I don't think, by uh, any stretch of the imagination. Look, they're on year three of trying to replace Jack Conklin, a very good all-pro level um, offensive
1: lineman. That's a great but point. But
0: A.J. Brown is a, a, at a stat position. Um, And you need to replace production, a a different kind of production. And they're banking on Traylon Burks being able to uh, take on a big share of that. That's a big roll of the dice. If he does, you know, they deserve huge applause because they're doing it at a much cheaper cost. If he doesn't, uh, no matter what Brown is doing in Philadelphia, whether he's rising or tanking, what he would have done here we know, and they will have sacrificed that.
1: It was a not run-of-the-mill top 10 last night, but fast, uh, very fast, fast, fast and I would say for the most part, non-eventful, even though we had some players drafted ahead of where we may think they would go. For instance, at pick three and four, we had back-to-back corners for the first time in the top five in NFL history of the draft. Uh, But as we take a look at picks one through 16, things got busy towards the middle of the first round where all of the trades took place. And that's where the trades took place for the teams moving up for wide receiver. Kyle Hamilton, a no-brainer for Baltimore. And it was followed up by Kenyon Green and then Jalen Dodson, Jahan Dodson from Penn State to Washington. But prior to that, the big surprise was Drake London to the Atlanta Falcons as the first wide receiver off the board. Uh, Trayvon Walker ends up number one overall. Jacksonville goes traits instead of consistency in college football. That means that Shad Khan did exactly what we talked about yesterday. To give him credit, he lets his GM and his head coach make the football decisions. If you believe the reports that he wanted Hutchinson, you see who they drafted. And a no-brainer for the Lions. You have to be thrilled with how they come away from this from this first round. Uh, not only uh, with what they are able to do moving forward, but they get... Aiden Hutchinson and Jameson Williams right out of the chute.
0: I think you see here at one and at three traits ahead of production. Walker didn't have the college production, but they like his traits, played out of position, yada, yada, ahead of Hutchinson. Stingley obviously had a giant 2019, yep. but in the last two years, it's been injury and failure to produce ahead of Sauce Gardner, who gave up like .1 yards per route run against
1: him. Did not allow a touchdown yeah. reception at his time in Cincinnati. So they're
0: projecting more than they're relying on college production in both those circumstances, the team that had the first choice of the edge rusher and the team that had the first choice of the corner.
1: Chad, your big takeaway from the top 15 picks.
2: Well, the, all the teams with uh, two picks look really good. <laughs> I mean, no big surprise. Even but if you hate
1: one of them, the other one you know, seems to be reasonably
2: it's Selected. really hard to hate any of them yeah. of the six. I mean, Detroit getting Aiden Hutchinson, no-brainer. That was the fastest walk with the card all night. I mean, that they were off the clock within 30 seconds of the first pick being made. Uh, that was a no-brainer. And then they, they come back and get Jamison Williams, maybe the best receiver in the entire draft. Uh, my other big takeaway is got to be the first time ever three former teammates were drafted back-to-back-to-back to back to back with all the same position. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams started his career at Ohio State before transferring to Alabama. That was crazy to watch. But, I mean, even looking at the Giants, Kayvon Thibodeau uh, and then Evan Neal, uh, I mean, every team that drafted twice, I mean, I like how they they turned out uh, in this draft. Um, I think that the Texans, maybe with the biggest reach in terms of of teams with two picks last night with both of them, Uh, but that was... I left the show yesterday saying, Paul, you did too. Huge night for the Jets. I think they did really well. I'd say the same for the Giants. Decent amount of trade action, too, uh,
0: with teams definitely having a guy they wanted Um, in in a draft that's not rated as having, you know, more than 15 players, so to speak, at the top who are real difference makers, potentially, and teams saying, "I, I want that guy, Philadelphia, For example, with Jordan Davis saying, we know Baltimore likes him. We want him. We're going and getting him. Um, And then Baltimore later doing the same thing probably um, with Linderbaum uh, and moving up ahead of the Titans who maybe would have taken uh, Linderbaum, the center, who would maybe be playing some guard if he landed in Tennessee, but Baltimore maybe having some fear there um, and, and going up and getting him after they lost maybe their defensive tackle early.
1: Pick 17 through 32, led by Zion Johnson to the L.A. Chargers. The versatile offensive lineman immediately gives help to Justin Herbert. Then the trade comes. A.J. Brown traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Titans move up to select Traylon Burks from Arkansas, followed by Trevor Penning, the physical offensive lineman to New Orleans, and then the Pittsburgh Steelers, who pull off, the same quarterback draft as the New England Patriots exactly a year ago, thought. where Sit. Pittsburgh sits tight, no quarterback selected ahead of them and none after, and they get the quarterback they want where they are selecting. They don't have to trade anything to go get the future of their franchise
2: and Kenny Pickett. And Kenny Pickett, the only thing lacking was the goofy old man walk of Mac Jones from a year ago <laughs> from the green room. So You're that's, right. that's yeah. one in the win column for Pittsburgh because he had a much more natural-looking walk uh, as he went to the podium, uh, just a crazy story that a guy is going to be in the same stadium. You know, not just the same yeah, city, but you're right. his home field was Heinz Field in college, and he gets to stay there uh, for the NFL. Really cool to see. The funniest takeaway photo of the night was Kenny Pickett's entire clan that was there with him, and the look at all the women's faces when he kept dropping. In the draft, he looked like, I think he was looking at his phone or oh, taking a drink.
0: Wife, I mean, his mom and his girlfriend. His
2: girlfriend. So his girlfriend, Joe Kinsey from OutKick, does a great <laughs> job of covering all girlfriends of <laughs> the draft. Um, she is an economics major at Princeton, oh, his wow. girlfriend. So he said the thought bubble was she's calculating the math between first to second to third round and how much money Kenny's going to make if he continues to fall. Uh, that, was, that was the funniest moment of the night. But I love it for Pittsburgh. I mean, they get uh, who I think is the top quarterback in the draft, obviously was the top quarterback in the draft considering no other QB was taken in the first round, and they get him from right there in Pittsburgh. So pretty cool story there with Kenny Pickett going to the Steelers. It's pretty funny. He, for his college
0: career, entered the right door at the, the team facility that's shared there. It's not shared, but it's the same building. And he's entered the right door for five years. And now he'll go to work and he'll enter the left door. I wonder how often he'll pull the wrong door hand.
1: Trent McDuffie to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs end up with McDuffie and Carlaftis in the first round of this draft. Um, Followed by Green Bay with Quay Walker. Maybe the the, uh, other than what New England did, Two surprises: Jermaine Johnson falling as far as the as they did, and the Jets jumping back in to draft him. But also Quay Walker at uh, linebacker going ahead of more productive linebackers within the Georgia defense. He's the first selection of Green Bay.
2: We're going to get into our favorite players in the draft, and my favorite player from yesterday well, will continue to be my favorite player today. So that's a little teaser for that and someone on that Georgia defense. I was surprised to see Green Bay go defense twice. Uh, it's almost like an internal joke in my mind that About they're Aaron doing Rogers. anything to not help Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you know, like the, there's really a gentleman's agreement that we're not going to do anything he would want to do just to spite Aaron yeah. Rodgers because we're still mad at him in some way. And it's also kind of an admission of the offense is going to be fine with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. So let's strengthen that defense. I have a theory for and this And they go tonight. with two Georgia
1: guys on defense. Theory for this tonight is Debo Samuels a Green Bay
2: Packer tonight. Could be. And that's Devontae a, that's a, that's Adams an was the second
0: round. They're like, if, if, and there's some good receivers still there. If they came out of the second round without one, then it, they really con- let the conspiracy theories fly.
1: Uh, just to wrap up the draft, uh, Cole Strange, the New England trade's back. Belichick says if they couldn't find a trade partner, they would have drafted Cole Strange from UTC, UT Chattanooga, on the offensive line. Um, I'm sure you guys saw the Rams uh, press availability last night where McVeigh was answering questions, sitting back, because they don't draft until the third round. And he sees on the, on the screen uh, behind, uh, behind the media, as he's facing the screen, he sees that Cole Strange is selected and just starts belly laughing. And yeah. points and says, look at look at New England. What, who, they just selected Strange. He goes, we actually spent time yeah. thinking that he would be available in the third round for us. And he just went... Uh, in the first round to the New England Patriots at 29 overall.
2: Juxtapose that scene and the joy in that L.A. Rams press conference <laughs> with what Paul experienced last night and we all watched with the Titans press conference. That looked like two guys that just left a battlefield. Uh, they almost like, it, without the towel, there should have been towels in front of them, you know, wiping the sweat off their face yeah. in that press conference. That was as uncomfortable and tense a scene. With both men sitting next to each other after trading AJ Brown, neither one of them looked like they wanted to do it.
0: Uh, uh, no.
2: It was I, a, it was a,
0: a, It's weird that they hadn't come to better terms with it there. I
1: compared it, Paul, to that's how they would react after a playoff loss. Yes. You know, a sudden defeat where they know, you know, it's definitive and it's over. John I Robinson
2: think, was crying months after the playoff loss. Yeah. In availability, right?
1: Yes, he was. I mean, at, about a month later at
2: the combine, he was. Cr- I thought he was going to break down in tears last night. And I don't think that, about that
1: Mike Vrabel
0: did a very good job selling that he's on board here. He um, may not. Be. They have a good partnership, obviously, but John Robinson has the personnel power. Three weeks ago on the Rich Eisen show. Uh, uh, Mike Vrabel said not as long as I'm the coach in in a question about is he on the trade block. A lot can change in three weeks. That's too definitive a statement, Mm -hmm. though. And it's too definitive a statement from a guy who doesn't have the power to enact that statement. And so I felt like he was sitting up there yesterday. I read the statement to him. You you retweeted it, Chad, with comment. He looked very uncomfortable, shot me down. Hey, thanks for reading my own words to me, but didn't really answer. Hey, uh, three weeks ago you said no way, and now what's changed? Well, what's changed to me is the guy with the real power made the decision, (laughs) and you didn't. Um, So it's a real messy
1: thing. We're going to give full reaction to the biggest trade of round number one coming up, A.J. Brown now with the Philadelphia Eagles. The pros and cons of this move, the shock, uh, and the stunning announcement that the trade had been made. Our full takeaways on the biggest trade of round one of the 2022 NFL draft. Also, on the way out, I'll mention the Georgia defense lives up to all expectation going into the draft. Where they break the record uh, in the modern era draft era where five defensive players were drafted from the same defense in the first round. That is one more than the 2006 Florida State Seminoles and the 2004 Miami Hurricanes. The Bulldogs get it done and there are more coming
0: a note about the broadcast we watched espn in the press room this is a news broadcast at its heart they have to be willing to go away from packages when there's news there was a lot of news last night interrupt yourself to get to the news and they come back from a break and they're like hey this trade happened but we still don't know the details meanwhile five nfl reporters have tweeted the details of the trade do you have no production person on twitter who can convey the details of the trade? It was a terrible product last night. If you wanted to know what had happened in the draft, as opposed to the backstory of the player who just got what drafted. network were
2: you watching? Yes, okay. I watched the ABC broadcast. How'd they go on, on that? Was it the same? They had it. They had it right away. No, they
0: go a little bit more collegiate on. Yeah, um, it's uh, ABC. it's the one that
2: Kirk Herbstreit has the oh, health okay. issue, couldn't be there. But it's the college set. It's Jesse Palmer. I got you. Yeah, it's, so it's they, had, they had. ESPN sells quickly. itself
0: as more the influence on the NFL teams, which is obviously what I would want. Right. But the influence on the NFL teams a lot is what picks did you just get for what you just dealt? And they they really drag it on. Twitter's
2: kicking their ass. Reese Davis, Todd McShay, Desmond Howard, Jesse Palmer on the main set, and it was Robert Griffin the third, David Pollock, Sam Ponder on a secondary set. They may have been doing that for both ESPN and ABC on the second set, but they were the second set for ABC. Teams that won big last night,
1: according to Outkick, and players who won big based on where they're headed. Details next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a
2: Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies
1: on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live
2: only on Netflix.
1: Bobby Carpenter will join us in an hour from Outkick.com. Reaction to the first round of the NFL draft will be previewing What to expect in round number two throughout today's show. The big storyline from last night. A.J. Brown traded to the Philadelphia Eagles as the Titans move up, draft Traylon Burks, and then trade out of picks 26 to add more picks to tonight's second and third round collectively. They trade A.J. Brown, who wanted the contract extension, who we have detailed was using the leverage in his favor over the last month or so and it works out in his favor with the contract of 57 million guaranteed according to reports from philadelphia with the contract details announced literally minutes after the trade was announced and the titans sending a signal that they were not going to extend aj brown long term not going to come anywhere close to a meeting in the middle Of contract negotiations here. This was A.J. either wanting out and letting the Titans know that at the 11th hour, and I'm basing that off of believing John Robinson and Mike Vrabel, because if we don't think it happened at the 11th hour, they straight up lied to their fan base. Or A.J. Brown wanting a certain number that the Titans realized at the 11th hour they couldn't meet and they moved him on draft night. So he told
0: Teron Davenport of ESPN that the Titans were offering 16 a year plus incentives you know, that could have got him to, to 20, conceivably. Uh, or, or, you know, he in his conversation with Debo Samuel that his mom recorded, he said he wasn't they weren't going above 20. Um, he said, he told Tehran that he would have stayed for 22 a year. That's easy to say after you get what you want from Philadelphia, which is 57 guaranteed. Um, if you're counting this year's deal and making it a five-year deal, it's 21.5. If you're just looking at the four, it's 25. We need to see what the new $100 million, uh, how that's papered and all of that. Look, this is a huge concession disappointment. He was going to make their lives difficult. They've got a good culture. They've got a good locker room. I think, you know, there could have been a play where you make him show up, he's going to be fined $40,000 a, uh, a day. I know he's going to claim a knee injury and not get on the field and all of that. Ultimately, though, I think you've got some hand to make him ultimately play and then to tag him next year and trade him where you could get a good good deal for him again. I don't like that a four-year contract turns into a three-year contract for your most productive guy. And they've been wide receiver bad. They don't draft wide receivers well. John Robinson included. He hasn't drafted anybody any good outside of A.J. Brown. Burks could be great. And if he is, big win for them. But I doubt he steps in and does big things for this team right out of the gate. And without a big-time wide receiver, this team's very
2: apt. I don't believe A.J. Brown, uh, first and foremost. He's not signing with the Titans for $22 Some It's a money play. He used his leverage. He got his money. He got top dollar. Philadelphia was willing to pay more than anyone else. That's where he went. Don't give me this hometown discount BS that you would have taken 22 to stay after the fact. And how does A.J. Brown celebrate his last moment as a Titan? He tweets something that immediately deletes it. Oh, he's the After biggest tweet the deleter, saying the leader, It's, it's not my fault. On social he's not smart, okay? He's a really good football player. He's a really dumb guy is what he strikes me as. Anyone who tweets and posts the way he does, he strikes me as a very unintelligent person. And he handled this poorly, but it got the desired result. His agent wanted top dollar. A.J. Brown listened to his agent and went out and got top dollar. Paul, I'm with you. I would like to see one team, if not the Titans, someone call someone's bluff and say you're under contract. Show up, and if you don't, we'll find you. They won't do that because they don't want to risk the risk the malcontent. They don't want to risk a guy that's going to infect that culture you talked about. All of these things. A.J. Brown's a great player. Him being dumb on Twitter doesn't change the fact that he's a great player. I get all of that. The Titans are now worse today than they were yesterday. Which is rare after our first round of the draft. They are worse in 2022 right now. They are worse in 2022 for trading away A.J. Brown. I totally see what they're doing. And overall, if I'm just looking at it without knowing the context of where the team is in this moment in time, I would say, I understand this move and I like it. You traded away A.J. Brown because you didn't want to pay him 25 mil a year. And you got a guy who's going to be much, much cheaper that's basically a slightly younger version of A.J. Brown. I mean, statistically, physically, he's A.J. Brown. He was more productive at Arkansas his last year than A.J. Brown was at Ole Miss. Is he going to be A.J. Brown? We don't know, just like we don't know about any other draft picks. But the That's how we'll judge him. The difficult, Absolutely, and, and right away. Tough. And, and that's Tough. fair. Right away. The
1: team, the team wants to sell it that he's not replacing A.J. Brown. He I is. Absolutely, absolutely will be well, judged based on the production that A.J. Brown and gave that's the, the spot team. Put And spot they And
2: look, what they do, we could say this all day, but I'll go ahead and put it out there now. <laughs> what they do at 35 is going to tell us a lot. And if they draft another receiver at 35, and they're saying, how about the combination of Traylon Burks and George Pickens replacing A.J. Brown between the two of them, production-wise? And that's a different story I we're I talking about. That. That last year we heard that about,
1: oh, how about Julio Jones and A.J. Brown and Josh Reynolds, Right. A.J. Brown is still the alpha Singular. of the, of well, the trio. Well, look, they've
2: got to do it, right? We do They don't, still need another We receiver. don't know. They're, they're doubling down on this concept of going and trying to get, you know, other alphas or other people out there. They've got to prove it with these two guys. Yeah, but I see what they're doing. Let me finish here, Hudden, quick, and then, and then piggyback off of this. I see what they're doing, but it strikes me as a move of a team that knows they're not going to be a contender. Well, what right? it is. Isn't this a move of a team that's starting sort of a soft rebuild? Here's and not a I team thought. going for a Super Bowl? Aside from the
1: shock and awe of the fact that John Robinson and Mike Vrabel just traded the player that is the definition of the culture of the Tennessee Titans, period.
0: On the field, anyway.
1: Um. Well, and off the field. I mean, uh, brag and boast and then show up and produce and I, back I, up the talk.
2: I, I disagree with that because there is not one iota of Mike Vrabel and John Robinson that agrees with someone posting things on Twitter and having to delete them because it gets crushed they, immediately they, that's the one part of it that i disagree with you on Hudden they hate that i they, think if you ask both of them they would hate the way he's handled this they may hate it they would
1: have signed him up in a heartbeat at 18 million to 20 million a year but he's not and he's not back.
2: he's not the exact idea of what they want though he is the because best. if he was he wouldn't tweet Let, Probably wouldn't even have a twitter well, account
1: oh, okay Let, let's put it this way he he is the offensive definition of what you want embodied, and I can name three players on offense that embody, now two, Ben Jones. And Derek Henry. Who snaps the football, and Derek Henry, who's been shut down the last three playoff games by the opposing defense. And then there's A.J. Brown, who shows up and backs up all the talk on game day. When healthy. Now, what they didn't say last night that they could have is they weren't buying the injury history, and they weren't willing to you know pony up for that. And time will tell on all of this. But I viewed this as, this is a long-term move for what I view as a very short-term roster right now offensively. Um, And while some people, the apologists and those who were shocked just like we were that immediately go into defense mode, will say, oh, you know, this is a long-term play to keep a window open. The window remained open this year because A.J. Brown is on the roster, Period. Robert Woods is coming off an ACL injury. The number three guy and the most productive guy returning on offense as a skill position receiver is Nick westbrook Aquina who Ryan Tannehill threw to, in triple coverage to end their playoff hopes. And a running back coming off a significant injury that was shut down in the playoffs. Now, I have no doubt that Derrick Henry, what and what he brings to the, to the gridiron week in and week out, just like I had with A.J. Brown. Just like I had with Ben Jones. It stops there on offense. I can't tell you who else embodies the definition of week in and week out, count on me guy. Robert Woods can be that, but again, he's coming off injury. Defensively, they have some dudes.
0: So defensive football team.
1: Defensive football team, but an offensive team in the regular season that goes quiet and meek when the going gets tough in the postseason. That's just the definition of the last two years. And that, to me, doesn't improve without A.J. Brown. And, by the way, John Robinson and Mike Vrabel agree with this. Did you see them at the press conference? Not good. Um, Red. A couple of red guys. Did you see Vrabel's reaction when they traded A.J. Brown? They couldn't believe that they had just done this.
0: You know who was smiling? What I don't understand. Vin Marino, the salary cap guy. In that shot was the guy smiling. Well...
1: And who knows what they were talking about. Right. But what what I'll say is this doesn't strike me as a move that this version of the Tennessee Titans make um, for 2022. It just doesn't make sense on the field for me. Um, What it comes down to is they are stuck with a quarterback contract that they can't get out of for benefits of this year. And moving forward, they have to have room for an extension of Jeffrey Simmons and for further extensions across the roster as they see fit. That's what, And, and, and who knows what they're after in quarterback in free agency a year from now.
0: Ryan Tannehill has the highest cap number in the league at 38.6. That was uh, in part it's that big because they made room for Julio Jones, who busted. So there's a bad wide receiver move. We approved it on the front end, but John Robinson is on the hook for that. Between Tannehill and the cap hit left behind by Julio Jones, who's been cut already, that's $52.9 million against the 2022 cap, 25%. That's handcuffing yourself financially. Doesn't leave a lot of room, even for you know the first-year number on an on a A.J. Brown contract. There's, would be reasonable, but that's some bad financial dealings.
2: There's still more to this story that we're not hearing, that, that we don't know. There's something else in here. I think there's some truth in the middle of this on both sides. A.J. Brown saying, not my fault. By the way, if the Titans were offering only $16 million and that's the truth and wouldn't go up, that's stupid of the Titans to not go up from that. If, in fact, they're willing to play ball and give him extension before his contract's up, which it sounds like they were at some point, that sounds really – I said A.J. Brown is dumb, and I think he is. A. John Robinson's dumb. If he draws a hard line on $16 million – for A.J. Brown if he's actually willing to give the guy a contract extension. That's a really dumb move by a guy who's not been dumb in his management of the Titans so far. But there's something else going on here. And I I believe the Titans had a lot of issues. John Robinson did with how A.J. Brown managed all of this. If that's that's true,
1: John Robinson and Mike Vrabel boldface lied to the fan base through the media. Over the last month,
0: well, they did about how badly they wanted him back because they know 16's not going they, to. They get did. Him back. They lied. Here's a here's another. That's what that's if, what these if, guys if do. I'm true. not surprised I, by I this. Don't,
1: I don't. I thought. I believe that they felt like they were going to get it done. There is, to me, AJ Brown offensively embodies what Mike Vrabel was about defensively. You need a play that dude's making it. And here's what they can't replace. Here's here's where you. It's going to be extremely hard to judge Traylon Burks versus AJ Brown. It's the moments. It is the clutch gene that A.J. had that won them games and that allows them to point to the winning seasons for six consecutive years and the playoff runs that they've had since he's been a Tennessee Titan. It's the mega catch that he had that set up the game-winning field goal by Sloman to win the division that they would hang a banner for if they had room for it at Nissan Stadium. It's the touchdown catch and run from 13 yards out and the toughness and the physical tone that he set against Baltimore on the road in the regular season in overtime, uh, it, it that set up the overtime comeback. It's the Colt 69-yard catch and run for a touchdown. This past year, whenever things were going crazy and, and Derrick Henry was injured, there was one dude who stepped up in a major way offensively, and his name was A.J. Brown. He helped them win that game. It's the bomb that he caught three years ago against the Oakland Raiders uh, at the Coliseum, and the dump that was the Coliseum the Titans left that game with a big victory because of A.J. Brown offensively from 90 yards out. It's the one-handed touchdown catch against Jacksonville in a game that Jacksonville had no business being in. But A.J. Brown with a second-quarter touchdown changed the momentum of a terrible franchise against one that should be in the playoffs. It's those moments that you can't just go draft. You, you inherit those through a player instead of just focusing on one guy. Traylon Burks can be awesome. Traylon Burks was mocked to the Titans paired with A.J. Brown. Two of them are even great. It's very difficult to just say plug-and-play. Burks is going to mean exactly what A.J. did. There's a difference here. Ryan Tannehill can no-show to OTAs, and we know he and A.J. are going to connect on some big moments, even though we don't name them as having the quarterback-wide receiver rapport uh, among the top guys in the NFL. There's no one else that you're pointing to with that. And, and it that's, that's the... That's the aspect of the offense they just traded away that I was shocked about. And
0: at Hutton, it's great that list and and what you're saying. I would say it's not just that production, but it's a production production beyond that that we're expecting from him with Tim sure. Kelly coming in to be the old. passing game coordinator. Yep. and where they would finally stop throwing the last pass of the Baltimore playoff game to Khalif Raymond and get to AJ Brown, where they would stop throwing the last pass of the Cincinnati game to a tripled covered nwi and throw it to a.j brown where they would stop waiting to the second half of the san francisco game to let a.j brown take it over and throw to him on the first series by design and by determination and start giving him a bigger load like the best wide receivers in the nfl get instead of making us come back on mondays a lot of times say boy a.j brown really took off imagine if they had thrown to him more and sooner and i think We're not going to see that now, obviously, because he's gone. And where do they start with Burks and how do they build him? The other thing, I'm I'm with you. Obviously, Burks is to replace A.J. Brown. But they came into this draft needing plus one at wide receiver. Yes. So they need plus one. I I like Alec Pierce. I like Robert Meche. I know you guys have your favorites. They still need another one, and and they shouldn't sell it as these two guys are replacing A.J. Brown. They should sell it as the next guy is our third wide receiver, which we've needed coming into this draft to start with. So they come out of round one, Chad, not only not better, but they still are, their net at wide receiver is zero.
2: John Mechie, by the way. What did I I say? He said Robert, but yeah, John Mechie. Um,
0: I I screwed
2: up a name of receiver earlier, Johnny Mechie. It's okay. Johnny Mechie. Johnny Mechie. I screwed up the name. Um, Yeah, Harris. There's a level of unbelievability to this. The whole thing on both sides. I just, to go back to what you said, Hutton, okay, if this, if that's true, then John Robinson and Mike Frabel have been lying to everyone about it. And I don't believe that. If John Robinson believes, but also, if John Robinson truly believes that we're going to get a deal done for A.J. Brown, Chad, there is no way in the world that $16 million was his final offer. They have a left tackle who has bussing with
1: the boys on a weekly basis. Some little level tweets from A.J. Brown are not going to force a trade. Let, let's just put that on the table. No, but, that, but what, what they that's, do it's off very, the field versus production it's they, very, very different. And, and they different. paid one in a boss hog suit. So to say that they don't they do not uh, monetarily go after the players that have some, you know, some bravado to them is just simply false.
2: But it's also very different. We're we're talking about hijinks tomfoolery versus anti team. And I think that they viewed at some point AJ Brown as a total me guy. Anti team. Did you see the reaction that, from the team was on the Twitter last
1: night? Who, uh, if they're going to trade away AJ Brown for being well, anti team, you should see the way some of his teammates reacted I, I when they found out he was trading. I, I, think, you, I think you guys
2: Simmons. are. I think you guys are going way too quick to be naive and believe anything the team says. Paul, you read the quote back to Mike Vrabel. Is he going to resign now? No. Do we believe that? Not Vrabel. Well, you, heard the, you heard You heard John players. Robinson say that I'm talking too. Talking about the players. How can we sit here and say that we believe John Robinson when he says, "I believe that we're going to get a deal done"? And then we're also going to believe A.J. Brown when he says they said $16 million was the final offer. John Robinson is not that stupid. Does he really think $16 million is a final offer as the hard line in the sand is going to sign A.J. Brown? If that's true, someone walked away. Someone is lying. The Tennessee Titans walked away. The Tennessee Titans or AJ Brown are lying. The Tennessee it's that Titans simple. walked
1: away last night. I they controlled yeah. his rights and traded. Their I don't rights. think. Then it's the how tweet. does he? But
2: then if A. then he didn't believe he was ever going to sign him. Then he lied. If he's willing to walk away because AJ Brown wouldn't sign for sixteen million dollars, John Robinson is lying when he says I believe we're going to re-sign AJ Brown because that's not grounded in reality. We've seen what these receivers are signing for. No one threw $16 million as a possible number to get A.J. Brown. Not anyone. We knew it was going to be 20 or 22 more than likely. I thought 20 was reasonable when I heard the quote to Debo Samuel, but apparently that was factoring in incentives on top of 16. 20 would have been reasonable to me. Someone's not telling the truth.
0: I think it's conceivable he thought over time they would narrow the gap. I don't know that 16 was like, that's it, and we're never talking again. Here's where I think, and I'm, I'm, I don't think the tweets are the thing. I think they see it creeping forward that he's going to show up when he would be fined for the veteran minicamp and for training camp and, and not get fined the $93,000 for minicamp and the $40,000 a day for training camp and the season. But he's going to have an ankle tweak or a knee tweak, and he's going to be on property, but he's not going to be on the field. And this is going to cause havoc there. And their culture, this, as good as it is, isn't going to control that, and it's going to blow up in a what? way that they just don't want to deal with it. They're getting out.
1: Aside from all that, what this comes down to is they have a quarterback contract they can't get out of this year. If this happens next year, they deal with it, and they pay the guy. Well, they have money. They, they can't get out of Tannehill's contract to free up the most money, who's taking up the most against the cap. If they trade him, there's still dead cap money, Paul, that cripples them. But He's untradeable and unmovable I, right I now. Th-
0: I think that they could have fit his contract, his first-year number. They could have structured things that they could fit his first-year number. Harold Langer got a big contract, not as big as A.J. Brown. His first-year number was only 5.5. They could have fit a first-year number. And, and then paid him when money but frees up next year if, with bigger numbers. Not if
1: you're planning on extending Jeffrey Simmons, and they know that.
0: Yeah, I think they fit that, too, because Taylor Lewand's probably going to disappear, right? Derrick Henry's gone in the next two years. Um, th- thing, the cap will go up. I think fiscally they could do it. Maybe there's a question, Hud, about liquidity. How much does Amy Adams Strunk have on with hand when stuff. you get that with the stadium stuff? And she's not far removed from having bought out her sister fair. To, to get to but, f- 50% or to buy up that third it, but to but get all, to 66%. All that's fair,
1: but it comes down to the money at hand and what's available to them cap-wise compared to the player that they just traded, which uh, we will fans and, and media want to judge John U. Smith for what he's doing in New England. I judge the player that they let go for what he meant here Yes, in Nashville and the player that he was within this offense and the structure. Arthur Smith will be judged as a head coach. He was an excellent play caller for the Tennessee Titans, and he paired it with Corey Davis and John o. Smith and A.J. Brown, and they set records for a franchise in the AFC South across the AFC and, and specifically right here for an offense that we haven't seen production-wise. And a key part of that is drafting A.J. Brown in 2019 – and now trading him to move up a few spots and select his replacement even though that's they're going to use that as a, as a word that shall not be said yeah he's the replacement for AJ Brown
0: no what? you're absolutely right no matter what he does in Philadelphia what we should be thinking about is what he could be well, we're going to think
2: about both I mean that's the way it works I mean we're going to prepare him to we're going to compare him to his production in Philly and the production that he was having in Tennessee also both are going to be true let me ask you guys this question do we all remember when Rashad Matthews quit the team? And the entire the locker room boys. still called him one of the boys. Yeah. And for the boys, and that was kind of part of the culture of the Titans. The unintended consequence of this that I think about is what if you allow him to be a malcontent, and if you're John Robinson thinking this is going to affect our locker room, if this continues with the social media stuff, with him not showing up, all of that, how does it affect the locker room when you trade? one of your best players, and the first time next year when things go south in the passing game and that locker room is looking around and saying, would have been nice to have A.J. Brown here helping us win this game. I don't think it's great. What do you tell your locker room then? Mike Vrabel was asked and didn't like the question at all, but that's a valid point. We're all humans, and when things get tough, you're going to look around and say, we had a guy here that could have bailed us out and would have helped us win this game, and we lost... Because, because we let him go, we drew a line in the sand on sixteen million dollars allegedly. I think there's another unintended
0: consequence. You're going to have some three-year contracts now. Because if I outperform my contract in three years, I'm saying, "Well, you dealt AJ to somebody that'll pay him. Uh, if you're not offering me what I want, I want what AJ got. One Get thing, me out
1: of here." One thing's clear: they allowed AJ and his agent to seek another contract. Yeah, they, they found. They it, gave. They, no, they gave them permission to do it. Because the contract details to Ian Rappaport came minutes no after time. the trade happened.
0: No time. And the they, may have let other,
1: they may have let a couple other teams do it, too. Sure. You know, the Jets. But that would entail that this was going on For a couple well of days. before, yeah. uh, you know, the draft was underway when you need things to slot a certain way so you can move up and draft Traylon Burks. Absolutely. It, the contract would have been in place. Otherwise, Philly's not doing it. Coming well, they're up,
0: They're not better. After the first no, round of the draft, they're not no, better. No that's matter, a bad, and that's
1: hard to do. That's right. Uh, a lot of teams right now are selling hope. I don't know what the Titans do in the second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever, but trading away one of their top talents, their top three talents on the roster um, for a rookie wide receiver that you're now trying to form into that mold is a tough sell, period. No matter what market you're in or what team that player is, is headed to. Coming up, we tell you the best available players, plus we continue this conversation of AJ Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles. What it means for Jalen Hurts. Next, and now kick 360.
0: You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy.
2: Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
1: Now, Kick 360 rolls on from Sixth and Peabody in Music City, downtown Nashville, Tennessee, with Yeehaw beer and Old Smoky moonshine. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Dutt. We're reacting to round number one of the NFL draft. One quarterback selected last night, and that leads us to our best available list as round two gets underway at 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central. And it starts at quarterback, where you have Malik Willis, you have Matt Corral, and Desmond Ritter all still on the board, the only quarterback selected. Kenny Pickett. We have the full list available, but it includes running back, no running back selected for the first time since 2014, and beyond that, N'Kobe Dean. And we we mentioned uh, Brees Hall from Iowa State, but Moffey from from Minnesota, the pass rusher. Several players, productive players across college football, still on the board, including the coveted quarterback position.
2: Paul's guy, John Mechie, also on the board. You guys know where I stand. Kobe Dean was my favorite guy going into round one last night for someone. and He remains my favorite pick tonight for someone. I'm, I'm assuming he's going to go pretty quickly in round number two. Defensive tackle. The one thing that, that I did not I like see from a lot
1: of uh, those with mock drafts that go beyond the first round, there's not a lot of offensive linemen early in round two. You know, there's a clear line, and we saw the run on that last night. There's teams trying to move up to make sure they get their guy because they know they're not likely to make it past pick number 32 that that to me was the trend of round one
0: and, and the big question tonight are the quarterbacks right here at the beginning of two or has the judgment we've seen about the quarterbacks suggest that people don't well, rate them that highly you've given up the fifth year option if, now Chad, so do you have you know, to have them are it, they hot
1: if if you're drafting them early The first three teams out of the shoot are Tampa Bay, Minnesota, in some particular order, maybe Minnesota, Tampa Bay, and then the Tennessee Titans. All teams that could use a backup option that don't necessarily need that guy to to start immediately. You
2: had it right. It's Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Titans. And Titans were a team linked with a lot of reports that were interested in a first-round quarterback. In terms of who they had a visit, who they were talking to. Among the
1: 30 visits, Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter visited Nashville.
2: I'm not going to be totally shocked if Titans go with one of those two guys at that spot. If they make that pick, though, Paul, I think it's the announcement of a soft rebuild for the Titans in doing that.
1: I'll be shocked. I will be, too. Because the the tone last night was a long-term move for what I view as a short-term offense, at quarterback and running back, no matter how you look at those contracts. If they want to continue
2: that long-term move, they draft quarterback with this pick. I'm going to be
0: less shocked if Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback beyond next year than I used to be.
1: Headlines from the draft when we return, including we'll give our opinion on the three guys we love tonight and tomorrow across the NFL draft for rounds two through seven. Hang with us.